with you. <clears throat> All right, you want to hold them up? Here you go. You got your Bibles. All right. Well, I thought that'd be a good place to start because some of the uh, famous people have everybody hold their Bibles up. And so I thought we'd try that, see if it would help. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Now, I am going to give you a little pop quiz, so if y'all will help. Uh, in fact, do we have our mic guys? Are we ready to be able to use mics, pass the mics around? So we're going to, I'm going to be asking a few questions. Uh, so we're going to start off, though, reading <clears throat> Philippians chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 6. Be careful for nothing. What does that mean? Be careful for nothing. What is that? Are we not to be careful? What does that mean? Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Right? But don't be anxious. But be ye careful. Or be careful for nothing. How much? Nothing. I mean, there's nothing. You know, in the construction, if you do a, re a thorough research, you go to the Greek language, you're going to find out how all-inclusive this is. So it's not like, well, but wait a minute, what about this or what about that? No, be careful for nothing. But in everything, here again, nothing and everything. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, supplication with what? Say it together with me. Thanksgiving. Now, is this just a message for 1124 and 1125? Or, I mean, is that what this is all about? No, this is an everyday message. This is what we ought to be applying. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So we have access. All right, I'm gonna, I want to, and the peace of God, look at verse 7, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep or guard or protect or surround, or garrison, I think is one of the words. Garrison your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So look at that. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, which, I mean, no human can really understand the peace when you are in the, the crucifix of life, when you're in the worst spot of life and you have peace that passes all understanding. People are going to scratch their head and say, how is that possible? Well, it's not about me. It's not peace that I mustered up. It's peace that God has given me. That is, he's, avail he's made it available to everybody that loves him. Everybody that's been born again has the opportunity for this kind of peace, no matter the storm. Now, we, as I said this morning, we have a choice to receive it or reject it. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds 
See, it's your hearts and mind. Your minds, because our minds have a tendency to drift off into negative thinking. And that's why we're to take captive every thought. That's why we take our weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but they're spiritual, the scripture says. And that's why we're to be, we're, we're to do warfare, and it's the battle for the mind. But we've got to do certain things. We know these things. We've been taught these things. We've studied these things. But the question is, do we apply these things? Are we putting it into practice when we're counting, when we're encountering the most difficult trial of our life? And I can just tell you, as I mentioned this morning, it, it is sometimes so hard. You just think, I just... I just can't. And, and that's, I believe that's where we need to be. I can't, but he can. I can't, but he does. He works the miraculous in, in impossible. He's the God of the impossible. And we can't ever forget that. We need to encourage each other. So I wanted to do some encouraging this afternoon. I thought it would be appropriate since we're thinking about giving thanks, and so let me just, a little quiz, a real, and this would be simple, should be very simple for anybody that was, was here today, you heard the message. So let's just kind of go back over just a little bit. Number one, this is the easy one, okay? Number one, I ask, what are the three enemies of the Christian? Anybody want to just take a shot at it? Because we've gone over this a hundred times who, who we have three enemies of the believer. Who are they? All right, Dick. We'll start off with Dick. Can y'all get a mic? Let's see how fast y'all can get the mic to him, okay? And we're going to give thanks for you guys for getting the mic fast. All right, Dick. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Okay, now in in my opinion, I gave my opinion, and that is I do have a right to that. But also I've been taught by others that are were my mentors, the ones that taught me. They felt like there was one of those that was kind of the standout. One of those that gives the believer the most trouble. Now, you don't even have to agree with it, but I, I said that's what I believe, and this is what Brother Melton, the one that discipled me and mentored me, this is what he believed. One of those he felt like was the biggest challenge to the Christian. Do you remember what I said? The flesh. And I really do believe that. I really do believe that. Because here's the thing. Satan, ladies and gentlemen, Satan is a defeated foe. Would you agree with me or do you not agree? He's a defeated foe. Has he not been the, his, his, through the cross? He has been defeated. Colossians. He is defeated. So, and the world, I mean, the world just has all these enticements and things. It has no real ground. And so Satan, though, the, I believe this, the only ground Satan has is the ground we give him. Would you all agree to that? The ground, in other words, if he has ground or he has place in my life, he has it only because I've given it over to him. Because, and he based it on scripture, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Okay, so greater is he who is in me. That's Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So if Satan have a, has a foothold in my life, why does he have a foothold? Because I've surrendered it to him. Okay, so I believe 
the world really doesn't have that attraction to most. I mean, it does in a way. But not like, and then the deceit of the devil, he tries to make you think he's more powerful than he is. But the flesh, that old nature that we were born with, that we inherited, where did we inherit it? We inherited the, the old nature. Where did that come from? Adam. Adam. So, so we have, and it's, and it's our human nature. So <clears throat> we have to wake up with it. We have to go to bed with it. We have to walk with it. We have to live with it. Our flesh... It's, it's emotion, it's real, it hurts, it's painful, it, it, uh, it, it tries to... In other words, in, in Romans 6, we've been crucified with Christ. But this is, even though we've been nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ, positionally, the flesh is constantly trying to take itself down from the cross and trying to revive itself because actually, technically, positionally, accurately speaking from Scripture, our flesh is dead. Our flesh is dead. But our flesh is constantly trying to resurrect itself to take over. So I'm not so worried about the world. And I believe that I understand the deceitfulness of the devil. But it's the flesh that you really have to deal with. That's what I believe. So, okay, so it's the world of the flesh of the devil. Now, I gave also a scripture reference. Uh, yeah, I gave several. In fact, I have two pages, almost two pages full. I, I gave a scripture reference of a scripture that says something like this. If you know what you're supposed to do and you don't do it, if you know it's right to do and you don't do it, to you it is sin. Does anybody remember what scripture that was? Because we need, we need to say, if I'm going to pull this up again, when I'm encountering this week, I need to remember, whoa. So what scripture reference, if I, if I, I know what is right to do. In other words, my point was this morning, and, and see, when you preach, you don't really... You don't really understand if everybody's getting it the way you tr are trying to present it. But my point was, I see Scripture saying, rejoice, give thanks, be thankful, be grateful. And if we don't do it, the Scripture says, if we know what to do and we're not doing it, we're sinning. Now, that's, that's no different. It's a sin like stealing. It's a sin like... You know, any other, it's a sin. When we know, see, the problem is we have been given so much information and so much knowledge. We've attended more seminars than anybody I've ever known in my life. And we probably heard more biblical, solid preaching than anybody I can ever. I mean, it's just good, solid most of the time. So if we don't, if we know what we're supposed to do and we're not doing it, it's sin. What was the reference, Carol? I saw your hand. James 4.17. James 4, I looked it up in different translations. 
And it was kind of amazing the way it was. But, but here's the King James. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If you know what you're supposed to be doing, you know what the Bible says, you've read the Bible, you want preaching, and you don't do it, then we're sinning. So we're told to rejoice. We're told to give thanks. We're told to enter his courts with praise. So we have to be careful. And I would encourage, this is what I said even this morning too, about husband and wife. I know Linda and I do this to each other all the time. If she may be struggling a little bit, I try to encourage her and lift her up, point her, say, but we need to see it from this perspective. If I'm down, if I'm struggling, she does the same thing to me. And as believers, we ought to be doing it with each other. I had, and I'm going to be very careful here. I'm going to be very careful here because I realize this is being live streamed. I'm going to be very careful. But I was told just this last week that someone that is a faithful member of this church that knows some facts that not everybody knows overheard a conversation in the gym. And the conversation was giving wrong information about somebody. And it was about me. Wrong information to somebody about the pastor. And this person stepped up and corrected, said, I was there. I'm a witness. I'm telling you what you're saying is not true. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We ought to be encouraging each other to rejoice. Instead of passing stuff around that's pulling people down, we ought to be trying to lift each other up. And until we can make that a habit of life, I don't expect a whole lot out of uh, us because we know better. We've been taught. There's no excuse. So we all have an opportunity to start applying Scripture. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. To him it is sin. Okay, so I gave three points this morning. It, you know, I learned that in, at Southwestern Seminary. Three points in a poem. And it is really amazing, as I was in preaching class at Southwestern, uh, <clears throat> they had us, if you can imagine, they had us preach a 10-minute message. Now, though I was already pastoring at the time when I was attending school, so I didn't have, they only had the guys that had not had the experience of pastoring yet. So I got to, you know, had a little sheet, critique sheet, and they, you know, they would say you'd have an introduction, you have a summary statement, then you have your points. And they, they really, you know, rather than exegete passage, they encouraged an outline. So it would have introduction, a summary statement, an outline, points, you know, one, two, three, or four, whatever, and then a conclusion. So, um, so I had a three-point sermon today, and basically the highlights were all C's. Does anybody remember the three uh, C points? Anybody? All right. Yes, ma'am. Get the mic there. All right. Um, the command... Uh, the choice and the change. Exactly. Command, choice, and change. So we've been commanded. 
And, you know, I really struggled with choosing that word for my outline because I know the resistance that people have with that idea, especially of authority today. Do you all realize how people resist authority? I mean, it is a big deal in society. People don't want to be told by anybody. And I'm going to even add, I think a lot of people don't even want to be told by God what to do. They just don't. It's an authority. And, you know, I've all, you know, as I go back years and years, one common thread that we've dealt with with men in the congregations has been authority. When you find a man that can appreciate and respond properly to God-given authority, you have a rare find. Because a lot of people at work, out in the workplace, some of the biggest problems they have is they don't want to be told what to do. Don't tell me what to do. You can't make me. And then in society today, there's a mentality, and I, I don't know if y'all know this or not, there's a mentality out there that was, it's different than when I was a police officer in 1970 to today, where there, people have been brainwashed into saying, when an officer says, for my safety, I need to see your hands, and they'll look them in the eye and say, I don't have to do what you say. I don't have to do that. And there's a real, there's a big problem with authority. Big problem. And it's not a new, it's really not a new problem. I think it's just, I think it's becoming more widespread than ever before. Because I do believe, Dick, and I thought about you on Veterans Day. I did think about you. But <clears throat> I think men that have been through the military, for some reason, I, I know that, I mean, you know, people say, well, why'd you join the military? Well, I joined the military so my mother wouldn't tell me what to do. <laughs> I mean, and then I got in boot camp and they'd grab you by the Adam's apple and by the T-shirt and slam you up against the wall and say, you didn't shave close enough. And then they'd walk in, they'd have your clothes folded, you know, as best you could a little, because they were preparing you for a ship. I never actually had to go aboard a ship. You know, to, I worked on them, but I didn't live on them. So they prepared you how to fold and be very detailed about small. And you go in there and they just pull it all out and throw it on the floor and say, redo it. And I think men that have been through a good military training, I know it helped me with authority. Not, not take away completely the, the issue of it, but it did, it has helped a lot. Okay. So what are the takeaways from the idea that there's Scripture on top of Scripture that says we need to be thankful, we need to be grateful? Psalm 511, but let those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them, and let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. What is the takeaway from all of this? What do you think it ought to bring us to? Would anybody like to start this afternoon and say, you know, 
I just, I, I'm reminded of how grateful I need to be for certain things and thankful I need to be for certain things. And so, and again, all of these things that we can list, we can just count your many blessings, name them one by one, but they all should direct us back to the source, the giver of the blessings, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So would anybody like to start off by just saying this is, I'd like to publicly thank the Lord for this in my life because it's important. And you see, this we did this years ago, way back before this building was ever complete. And we would have a special time. I can remember even Mother's Day. We'd have the little kids come up and we'd say, what uh, is special about your mother? And y'all remember one of the classics has always happened every year. It always happened. I want to thank God for my mother. She makes the best chocolate chip cookies. But they, they didn't think about at that time, that age, about the many sacrifices, the sleepless nights, the hours that mothers put in preparing for their children and, and the real sacrifice. So anybody have something? And if not, we can move right along. Anybody have anything at this point that you just want to say, I, I just want to thank the Lord. Okay, right over here. I'd just like to thank the Lord for my wife. And, uh, you know, it uh, kind of was, made me think about it more and more as I had the stomach flu this last three days. She waited on me and pretty much took care of me as, as no other would. And and so I just uh, thank the Lord for giving me her. Yes. And thank the Lord for her, for all the attentiveness Amen. she's been to me. Amen. She could have been treating you like those lepers, you know, unclean, unclean. <laughs> you know, she could have said, fend for yourself, buddy. <laughs> I don't want to get around you. And I just uh, I just want to emphasize the, the rejoicing that you talked about and uh, also the thankfulness that we need to have and the praise for him yes. every day. Amen. You know, because it's so easy, isn't it? Isn't it easy? It is for me, I'll say. To, to circle the, the wagons around the negative things that are going on. I mean, there are so many negative things. I mean, I've never in my life, no, I guess I've never been exposed to that much uh, through the access that we have now. But I mean, it's just like the, the way people are thinking is really shocking. So we need to really be focused on thanking the Lord for His mercy and His goodness and His, His, His patience. Have we thought about how patient God is with us? I'm telling you. So anybody else? Yes, ma'am. I, I just want to, I want to thank the Lord for, you know, I, I, I don't think real clearly, but my, I'm thankful that I'm out of the hospital, but I tell you, I'm so thankful my Pam and Will, my daughter and her, and her husband, their oldest son told her when she said Nani was out of the hospital, well, that's a hallelujah. Yeah. Isn't it yeah. precious when your right. grandchildren yeah. know? Yeah. And I'm so thankful that God gave me precious yes. children and that he gave them himself. And, right. and I'm thankful that 
I just want to say he never left me. Amen. The whole time. And I'm just really thankful to the Lord for my family. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that's wonderful. That's what we need to be hearing. You know, because you've been through a very hard time. I mean, nobody could deny it. But to hear gratefulness coming from your heart over being out of the hospital and for your family, the way they're loving you and loving on you and tending you. I mean, it is just a demonstration. And it's a lot like what Dick was saying, too. But on a on a long term, you know, not a three day virus. We're talking about two years plus now and just seeing how God has just worked. And, you know, and, and we as I said this morning, we're all human. We all struggle with our humanity. But praise the Lord. You've got some things that you shared with us that we'll take home tonight and say, praise the Lord for family, for where we are with our walk with the Lord. Somebody else. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, we just thank the Lord for, um, for trusting us with the different ministries that he's given us. Each one of us has different, one, <clears throat> different ones. And, uh, and just uh, we know that we're serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're, it's not us. It's the Lord doing the work. But uh, he allows us to see his miracles every day. And um, Mateo said, um, sent a, a praise. And he said, thank you for your prayers. It was very special day. Uh, yesterday we had about 212 teens that were hurting, that were very broken when they came in. You could see their brokenness. And, uh, and the, the staff all together was 250. But he said, um, just having them play and, and they, they enjoy that so much. Um, and they played the, the soccer tournament, but he says the most important part was that we were able to share God's love and preach the gospel. Throughout the day, we were able to talk and pray with them in special groups. There were um, 107 professions of faith. It, it was around that. Some people say it was even more than that. But we so, were so excited for the big things that God is doing. And um, and we had um, people in the, from El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, Mexico, Nicaragua, Colombia, Ecuador, Venezuela, Cuba, Turkey, Afghanistan, and Guinea. Also, uh, when, the, when they came here, we even had some... Uh, a, a young lady from Africa, and uh, and we just you know reaching God said for us to reach the other uh, part of the world, and, hey. and the world's coming here. He's so bring, he's bringing the world to us. <laughs> thank, <laughs> the, thank the Lord for what He does, and just it's a, it's a privilege, like you say. There's nothing better than to see somebody trust the Lord, pray, and receive Jesus. That's come right. from death to life, and to see the change in their face and to see that now they have hope when they thought they didn't have hope. Right. And um, thank you for your prayers, and I thank God for you all, for, for this family of North Belt. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just think we ought to just give a big thank you. Thank you thank to the Lord. And you know what I think about when you're reading that and, and hearing Mateo and watching Mateo? I can remember, folks, when Mateo was about, I don't know, six, seven, eight, whatever, and he would come during the invitation, he'd come and kneel. Little bitty guy, he would kneel and pray. He reminds me of our church in Highlands. We had a young guy that, that uh, he would come to the church office because we had the, the deacons would come in and pray with me before we go out to preach. We had a little six-year-old, little guy, and he came and he said, would y'all mind if I join and pray with y'all? He was six. Now he's a pastor. 
He's a pastor. But Mateo is an evangelist. <laughs> so it's incredible. We need to be grateful. We need to be thankful. Like I said this morning, I believe since the last five, four, five, six weeks, probably more people have responded that I'm aware of in our circles to the gospel of Jesus Christ and more have been exposed to the gospel in the last four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, whatever it's been, than I can remember in a very long time. So praise the Lord. We're very thankful, very grateful. And God is good. He's doing, he, you know, he's doing some miraculous things. Think about if, what if all 107 of those really did get saved? Can y'all imagine? And, and I, I have no reason to doubt. I mean, I, I'm not in that camp. I mean, I know, I know people that are, and they've come to me, oh, how, you don't have an idea. You're right, but I don't worry myself with that stuff. They were presented the gospel. They prayed. Nobody forced them to pray. They prayed and said they received Christ. They wanted to be saved. So praise God. I believe they're saved. So that's that's worthy of praise. That ought to encourage your hearts. Praise the Lord. Well, all right, anyone else? I want to praise the Lord for Matt today, stepping in. <laughs> Matt, Matt said he was mowing on his tractor when he got the call <laughs> that he was needed to lead the singing. <laughs> and he's just recovering from a cold from last week. And Matt, praise the Lord, thank you. You've gotten up here, did a lot better than I would have, and I'm just so glad that you did it. So thank you. All right, anybody else? All right, we've got two right here, so let's take turns. All right, go ahead, and then we'll get to you, Julie. I want to thank the Lord for giving uh, Santiago a job. Amen. That's exciting. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, did you get a mic up here? Right here. Hold your hand up again. There we go. I'm thankful for my husband, Jacob, and tomorrow's three years that God has given me with him. Amen. Amen. That's exciting. Well, I have to tell you all this. My wife probably will shoot me. Won't be the first time. <laughs> she said, don't make a big deal about this. And so I'm not making a big deal about it. But all we talked about over lunch was all the little kids in the nursery. <laughs> she told story after story. I thought, oh, I'm kind of getting bored of all this nursery talk. <laughs> but I didn't say that. Oh, is there a speaker in there? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm probably in more trouble than what you can imagine. But anyway, <laughs> I meant it well, honey. I'm serious. I just It was such an interesting lunch. But uh, no, it, it, is, it is amazing. She was just telling about the babies and the responses and how one of them, uh, she said, uh, I kept putting back on her shoes. And she said, I think she just kept taking her shoes off because she enjoyed seeing me put them back on or something. I don't know. And then she pointed out how special it was to have grandmothers. You know, grandmothers, I think, have an idea of how to take care of kids. 
And so that was good. So she's, she's really, I'm sure, all the way home I'll hear about the afternoon, sir. <laughs> I may hear about that. I may hear more than that. But, but anyway, but uh, it, it, it is, we just love our church. We just love y'all. I mean, we just love y'all. We really, really do. I mean, you know, we're, we just love y'all. So, uh, yes, ma'am. All right, wait, your wife first. Let your wife speak first, sir. I was just going to thank the Lord for uh, his scriptures that we are so blessed to have, and specifically the Old Testament, <clears throat> which just gives you such pictures of a whole person's life, their, what they've done and the consequences and right. what happens in the future, just in a few pages yep. that we takes us a lifetime to see. But um, we, it's such great examples in scripture. Rich, you know, we're, we're so blessed because, you know, we've, we've had uh, Dr. Nicole and different ones, you know, that ha didn't have, they had a page. They had a page. And so, and here we are in America. I mean, we don't have just pages. We've got Bibles on our shelves that we've not opened in, you know, we maybe use our favorite one, but, but I mean, we still have, we have volumes of scripture available. And again, and I've said this here recently, we have more technology available to us today than any generation. Before me, I mean, it wasn't available. But you can pull up, like I said the other day, I pulled up uh, uh, Keith Daniel. And we listened, it was just like, it was just like we were there with Keith Daniel. And Ad I know people right now that still listen regularly to Adrian Rogers. He's been in heaven, what, four years or something like that? They listen to Adrian Rogers. I mean, just like he's there. So we have so much available to us today that is really available. If you really want good teaching, preaching, it's there if you want it. And no, it's not exactly like being right here. But I'm going to tell you what. When I, we sat through that Satan has found a whisper message. Y'all, I, I would encourage y'all. I've thought very seriously about playing that because I, I mean, but you know, y'all could listen, y'all could pull it up. And that is, that is a jolting, that is a jolting message. Satan has found a whisper. I mean, that'll just scare you absolutely. I mean, like you just wouldn't want to do anything but give praise. You know, you don't want to give any bad report about anybody. So, anybody else? Did I, okay, Dick, I'm sorry. Now, did you pay for two times or did you just pay for one? Just kidding. I just wanted to say that um, my wife is, you know, in a nursery quite often and Melanie and Amy right. was. And, and I just saw the glow in their eyes when they came out at the end of the day, you know. They just, it's such a joy to, to watch the, the little kids, you know, and Valerie's a, a BSF leader and for, for three and four-year-olds in Bible study fellowship. Yeah. And so she has all the fun. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Isn't that fun? Uh, it's, you sure it's not a, a look like, <laughs> never mind. Uh, <laughs> we'll take it the way you meant it. <laughs> I, won't, I won't add anything to it. <laughs> All right, somebody else. Somebody else encourage us. All right, Bill. Amen. <laughs> well, oh. I'm going to try not to start squalling, but um, 
start with going back to your talking about peace that surpasses all understanding. Uh, um, we're, we're just past two years ago after this accident, and uh, coming up this week would be two years. We talked about it at lunch two years ago on the 18th coming up was when she came home from the hospital. And, uh, but I remember um, on the day of the accident, talking to my brother that night on the phone and he was asking me if I was okay and everything. And I, and I told him, I, I said, I said, I don't know how to explain it. I said, it's just got such peace. And he says, you mean you got like a peace that passes all understanding? Yeah. And I said, yeah. So that's what it was. Couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it what was happening, and but I couldn't believe how I was okay. But I knew she was too. Actually, we didn't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we were talking at lunch about uh, after she came home. You know, they had to bring her home in the ambulance. We we could we had to pick her up, and move her. She she couldn't move. She was starting to. She was just beginning to move her fingers. And. Uh, you know, as days went by, I was uh, feeding her some ice, a spoon feeding her some ice. And um, I never forget, I had that a cup of ice, and she loves Sonic ice. She's always loved crushed ice. So we, we bought Sonic ice for her. And she reached and got that spoon out of it. <laughs> I wasn't feeding it to her fast enough, and she reached and got that spoon out of there. Well, later, that same day, maybe the next day, Emily was there standing at the end of the bed. And I said, I said, watch this, Emily. And I looked at Emily and she went, well, I looked and Nina was taking the cup from me. <laughs> she wow. wasn't only getting the spoon, she was taking the cup. So she started liking that ice so much. We had to, we had to, we started telling her, we're out of ice, you know, because <laughs> she was eating too much ice. <laughs> and she wasn't, she wasn't swallowing well. And so we had to be careful there. Well, we were telling her, you know, you've had enough ice for today. You can't, well, somewhere in the conversation, it came up that AJ was coming, you know, Nathaniel and Emily and AJ. She said, and she's here again, she's barely speaking. She said, good, AJ will get me some ice. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to express my gratitude to the Lord and for y'all at this church, the prayers, the support, and the support, and the support, and the support that y'all have given us for two years now. And she's still here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Thank I, you Lord. I remember you telling me that about that night, Bill. You, I remember you telling that I have this peace, and I just can't explain it. There's no way to describe the peace that I have in the midst. My wife's just been in a terrible, terrible, and we don't even know if she's going to live or die, but I've got this peace that is from God. Let me read y'all a scripture, one of the ones uh, from this morning. It's found in Romans 12, verse 15. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Never be too proud to cry with those that are hurting. It's not a sign of weakness. I believe it's a genuine sign of meekness to be able to weep with those that weep. Rod Poole, I don't know if you can remember. I'm sure you do. We were, we were in Knoxville 
And we went to these cabins. We'd always try to make a little vacation out of the trip. And old Rod Poole, we'd, we were in this cabin with Koi Caps, Rod Poole, and we got down on our knees and we prayed. And I remember out, it was in Maggie Valley, I believe, if I remember the story right. But outside, they didn't have air conditioning. They just had windows that raised up. And they had a creek, a little creek, a little creek that's bubbling along the side of the cabin. So when the windows were up, you could hear that little creek bubbling. We got down on our knees, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. And we wept. And Rod, we wept together. Such a special, special time. I hope that we'll understand how to rejoice with those that rejoice and weep, genuinely care enough to weep. The cepedas have a heart. They see these little kids. They come having no hope and they leave with hope. They have no hope to begin with. They feel like their life is totally over, wasted. What's the use of living? And they hear about Jesus and she's over here weeping. We should be weeping with her. Thankful for every soul that's touched. Every life that's changed. One day, you mark it down, one day we'll be in heaven and we'll see some of those that were saved. And we'll say, man, praise the Lord. But God did it. He used Mateo. He used the Cepedas. He used the different ones. But God did it. Could we end on that note today that we just are so grateful to God because it's he's doing it all. He's the one that deserves the praise. We don't want to pat on the back. It's not about us. This generation we're living in. Oh, it's me. It's all about me. It's all about me. No, it's not about me. It's about him. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's celebrate him. Let's leave here today with a renewed commitment to remind ourselves to take captive every thought. When we start spiraling downward, all the negative news and all the painful things and the hurts that we're personally experiencing, and they are real, they do happen. But may we encourage each other not to allow it to stay there too long. Okay? So let's pray. Father, we want to thank you. Thank you for body life. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you that we can come and be encouraged by your word. We can be encouraged by the testimony of the saints. We can be encouraged for the souls of men and women and boys and girls that have been saved. And Father, we just thank you for all that you're about, all that you're doing. And we just are so grateful that you've allowed us to be a part of it whether we're praying partners or whether we're actually boots on the ground partners, I just pray, Father, that you'd help us to realize what a, what a special privilege it is to be able to give the gospel, share the gospel with those that are in need, that are dying without Christ, no hope, and they now have hope. We praise you, we love you, and help us this week as we face our challenges, as we face our trials, that this day, the scriptures that you've brought to our minds this week would be used in a positive way to resist the temptation to grumble and murmur and complain and find fault 
Help us to rejoice and be thankful and grateful. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.